When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network. Joined today by my good buddy, Kyle Cook, been friends for years, covered him back in college, longtime NFL career as a center. Most of it you guys would know from the Bengals. You remember him from Hard Knocks. It's good to have him back. Kyle, how are you, Cookie? Good. How you doing, Hondo? Hey, buddy. It's good to talk to you. I want to compliment you. I got more comments from players, NFL current players on our podcast, and they loved it, and they thought it was great. And so it's great to have you back. I got three big subjects to talk to you about today. As you know, training camp opens today for the Raiders, and and around the NFL, it's breaking some a few days earlier, some a couple days later. And we're going to get into a lot of stuff today, and The first subject I want to get into is take people inside of camp. I know that guys are excited, but most fans don't understand the mental grind of camp. Yeah. I mean, you said it, the grind, Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's a really mentally it's a, it's, it's something you got to prepare for. Um, You know, when OTAs end, we get about a month off um, between the, the, the finalizing of your last, uh, organized team activity, mandatory uh, mini camps, and then uh, the start of training camp. And you got to get that month to get your affairs in order, um, get ready to go because, you know, you hit the ground running and there's no going back to your hometown, seeing family other than games and such. So it, it's a big mental grind um, knowing you got to do it. As you've been in it, the longer you've been in it, you kind of get used to it, obviously. Um, but you know, to, to put it in words, I guess the grind is probably the biggest thing that comes to my mind. Um, you know, it's, it's all day long back when I played in the very beginning, there weren't as many breaks as there are now or towards the end of my career. So, I mean, you were vested, you were in it 100%, uh, the good days, the bad days, uh, the hot, sunny days, the rainy days, the humidity in the mornings, I mean, you name it, anything you can think of, you're going to get it. That's one advantage of Vegas, Kyle. There is no rain and there's no humidity, but, man, <laughs> is it hot. Yeah, it's hot. I couldn't imagine. Luckily, you guys have a, a 
uh, an amazing facilities over there. I had the opportunity to kind of see them a little bit um, a couple months ago when we were in town. But um, but yeah, it is hot out there and um, a lot of places around the country. Obviously, even in Michigan, where I'm at now, it's been in the, you know almost 90 degrees. Wow. All right. So I want to get into one other part of camp uh, that I think was fascinating and I want to get your thoughts on it. Josh McDaniels, the Raiders coach, takes an approach to um, camp that it's a lot of time in the classroom. He does more classroom probably than anyone else. He, he wants to stay away. But you're always going to get rookies or guys fighting to make a team that are overzealous. Uh, I, the biggest fight I've ever seen in camp was at the Lions watching a rookie go to the ground and a, the vets just went after him. Will you talk about some of maybe those unwritten rules of training camp that young players got to learn? I mean, for the most part, we try to take care of each other, obviously, because you're going against your own guys. You need to get mm -hmm. to you know game one healthy. That's the biggest thing. Um, but obviously, being professional athletes, um, having that uh, um, um, desire to win on every play, and most of the time in training camps, it's one versus ones, two versus twos to get the best look you can get. So every once in a while, especially during the dog days, it gets a little feisty. And yes, there are the young guys. And, and I was at that point in my career where, you know, you have to prove yourself, not only to the guys around you, but the coaches on the field. Um, and so you you give it everything you have, because if you're not a five, six, 10 year vet who can kind of go on his resume per se uh you mm -hmm. have to put it all out there and show your worth um but at the end of the day like i said you got to stay healthy and it does get chippy sometimes i mean you know whether a, a guy could be having a bad day and if somebody beats him it could turn into what you've seen as a all-out scuffle between offenses and defenses um you know the other thing is as offensive linemen we protect our quarterbacks running backs etc and if we feel like there was a cheap shot taken on somebody when they're not supposed to take them to the ground, we're going to have their back. So there's a plethora of things that can happen. And obviously with the competitive nature in the NFL, um, it's going to happen. I mean, I've gotten my fair share of fights uh, on hard knocks with, you know, Dahani Jones and, and such. Right. And it, it, I mean, it, it's, it's going to happen. And sometimes it's good. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it's good for your team. And there's other times where it goes a little bit too far and it, it can be a negative. All right. All right. I'm going to ask you this real quick. Our mutual friend, Riley Bulla, or as fans know him, Joe Dirt from Hard Knocks with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He was joking with me that he'd just be down. He'd be walking around. People call him Joe Dirt. Were you surprised at because Hard Knocks brings an audience that's not just football fans and people get to see you with your helmets off. Were you surprised at how big of an impact Hard Knocks had? Um, yes and no. I mean, again, it's a great show, I believe, because you get to see that aspect of the training camp life. You know, what the players go through day-to-day -day meetings, um, practices, meals, bonding time. Uh, you get to see behind the scenes with the coaching staffs and how they're really examining and critiquing these players and who's going to make it, who's not, um, even for the rest of the world, even though us as players kind of knew how that works with these coaches, you know, eventually 
they got to take a roster from, you know, 90 down to 53 or whatever the numbers are now. And that's a very hard job to do. And you, you kind of see the writing on the wall um, on who's going to make it and who's not. But every once in a while, there's a guy like that who will come and, and flash. And next thing you know, he is an overnight celebrity per se. And sometimes hard knocks helps that uh, you saw it in Detroit with the linebackers, uh, you know, and, it, it can help a lot of guys career. And then there's the sad stories, obviously, where you get a guy who's trying to make the team and they follow him through and it doesn't work out uh, or somebody that got injured or something like that. Um, so, I mean, yes, no, I had the opportunity to do it twice. Um, it, as a, as a vet, it becomes a little bit of kind of got to watch what you say. You don't know if the camera's on you from a distance, you don't, you know, we kind of know who's mic'd up, who's not. Um, as a mutual, you know, if a guy's mic'd up, he'll kind of tell you so you don't say anything dumb. Um, but no, I mean, as far as the show goes, it's it, I think it's a good show, but it's getting to the point now where you see a lot of teams not wanting to do it. Right. All right, let's turn to the running back situation. That's obviously a big deal here in Vegas. But you see Saquon Barkley, my buddy Nick Chubb, came out and, and talked about you know, everybody's frustrated about running backs, but there's nothing they can do. The point is the NFLPA came out with a got a 10-year deal out of the NFL. The yep. labor agreements enforced till 2030. Chubb's right. There's nothing they can do. What are your thoughts? Because I'm going to be honest. When I'm talking to players, um, of course, everybody who knows their guy, if it's a giant man, Saquon's worth it. If it's a Raider man, Josh is worth it. But overall, the feeling is, I don't really feel any sympathy for them. I mean, they're getting $10 million on the franchise. It's not money to laugh at. As a former player, what are your thoughts on what's happened at running back? I mean, as a former player, um, it's, 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 I guess you could say it's, it's devastating because these guys are getting caught up in the mix with, mm -hmm. um, obviously, their rookie deals um, and then possibly a franchise tender or a second round tender, third round tender, whatever the teams want to do to them. And you're seeing them where they're not getting, they don't have the availability to get paid with free agency until they're in their late twenties. We all know as a running back and taking that, that grind and that wear and tear on your body that by the time they're to that age, they're not seeing the money they probably deserve. So I totally understand and sympathize with the guys that are going through this right now, because they've been putting in the legwork on minimal deals uh, maybe not so much for a guy that was a first rounder, maybe early second rounder, but you get some guys in their careers that may happen to be a fourth, fifth, sixth rounder, and they become a star. Well, they're still playing for pennies on the dollar compared to a lot of other guys in the league. And after they rack up all these yards, have these amazing, you know, three, four, five year careers, they're, they're really not able to cash in because the running back, market um or position in general is is getting to the point where you're replaceable because there's that next crop every year there's the next crop coming in there's going to be new guys vying for your position and as a as a rookie second third fourth year guy you are basically the standard on your team you are the starting running back but then once you get to be that fifth sixth seventh year guy and your legs are starting to go a little bit, you still have that superstar mentality and ability. There's another guy coming in who's seven years younger than you, who 
may be that next star. But that guy who's 27 that's played, you know, that four, five, six years is now not seeing the money when he's finally able to see it um, because of this exact situation. So, and like me and you have talked and, and you could sit there and say, okay, is there incentives in their contract per yards or whatever? But then that's, that's another catch 22, you know, or teams going to limit and have two running back system where they can limit the amount of yards they get, limit the amount of carries they can get. So they don't reach those incentives or will they just fully out use them for the four or five years and then release them and they didn't catch their incentives and they don't get a new deal. And then they end up having to do a, a prove me deal with another team. They prove it. And then again, okay, we'll just move on. So it's tough. It is very tough. And I, I don't know the answer to it for these guys or anybody else in that kind of position throughout the NFL. Lastly, from me, the last time you were on, we got into something that I had no clue was going to touch a nerve among NFL players. And we talked about insurance and how, you know, players, they don't understand how valuable insurance is and how expensive when they're past their five years in the league and all of that kind of stuff. And you you hinted at a an, an idea that maybe go to a future class, 24, 25, whatever, and have the players vote, the NFLPA, to those guys, if they get vested, if they play to the point that they're vested, they get have the same health care the rest of their life. Now, talking with you on the phone earlier today, you talked about a, a maybe a scale one to three years, three to five, whatever, five to seven, and then eight or more. But my point to you is that really hit a nerve in every NFL player I talked to who brought it up to me that they saw you. Well, uh, and I they hope were it, like, and I hope it does. And I really hope it does because, you know, I was at that point in my career where I was young and you feel really good and you're Superman, you're, you're capable of doing anything. Um, and you don't think about the future as far as your body and what's gonna, what's gonna hurt someday. What are you going to need to have replaced? You know, all the aches and pains and things like that. And, mm -hmm. and you know, in my position, I talked to um, some doctors and some lawyers, and they said basically that the NFL, you know, by giving the gracious deal when the last CBA of the five years uh, for the insurance uh, sounded great. But in reality, it's not because once someone retires, they don't need it in the first five years. They need it at eight years. They need it at 10 years. They need it at 15. And I can speak for myself that at five years out, I was great. I mean, there was there was a time when I retired and and obviously, you know, it, it, it happens all the time. But, you know, during my tenure, I was making good money for a center in the NFL. And then by the time I retired, you see all these new centers coming up and they're, you know, with with the in, in, uh, with the salary cap going up, everybody's making more money. And I, I, I had a year off. I felt really good. And I was talking to my agent, joking around. And he was like, oh, you're thinking about coming out of retirement, you know. So it was just a joke between the two of us. But at the end of the day, I didn't need that insurance or I didn't have that wear and tear on my body. I still felt really good. I felt like I could still play. We're now, let's fast forward, five, six, seven years, now going on 10 years down the road. I'll be 40 tomorrow. I feel it. And I can only imagine what I'm going to feel like when I'm 50, uh, 60, 65. You know, who knows how long I'll be able to function with um, 
you know, my body with the way it is. And so you really don't need it for those first five years. And, and, you know, right now we keep the same policy we had through the NFL because it was a great policy. So for a family of four, like myself, you know, we're paying quite a bit of money out of pocket every year to keep that same policy. Um, for a guy like me, we have an HRA set up with the NFL. So, we, you know, money gets put in every year. So you get five years and then your HRA probably takes you just, mine's about up. So about another five. So you could call it 10. But then after that, you're out of pocket for everything else. And that's where you got to figure it out. Do we want to keep the same policy? But we also have to pay that premium every month, which is thousands of dollars monthly. Um, or are we going to go down a tier, maybe a higher deductible, something like that? So I think for the future of the guys that are in the league now, they really need to think long-term. Not only, we talked about this financially, because that money that you make, it doesn't matter how much you make, has got to last you the rest of your life. Same with your body. Your body has got to last you the rest of your life. I mean, if you had to ask a question, would I rather have money enough to survive and last me the rest of my life, you know, uh, comfortably? Or would I rather have the ability to walk when I'm 60? That's a tough mm -hmm. question, you know? So you'd like to have both. You'd like to have the coverage to be able to do it. I mean, personally for myself, I need my hip replaced. I need my shoulder replaced. I have a plethora of other injuries that I will eventually need to take care of. Being 40, it's still a little young to do those things. But these are things that are in the back of my mind right now. So like we talked about with players, you know, I hope they, during the next CBA, um, any negotiations, that is a very big point for them. Hmm. All right. I'm going to ask you something that I think is fascinating because I've talked to players and I get mixed reviews. Do you like fans at training camp? Um, yeah, I don't mind it. Every once in a while, it is, it, it's, it's great to have people there. It mixes it up a little bit. Um, it gives you that atmosphere that we're just, it, it breaks up the grind, put it that way. You know, every day we're seeing the same 85 to 90 guys, same coaches. Um, to, so every once in a while they have fans there and um, I guess put on a little show. It, it breaks it up a little bit. It just it, it makes the dog days maybe a little bit better. Didn't mind it for myself at all. Um, maybe some guys don't like it because they have to stick around and do autographs or something. You know, on one day we'd have the defense that did autographs. And on the next day we'd have the offense that would stick around for a half hour to do autographs. But honestly, at the end of the day, you know, seeing the kids and the families that come and the kids want the autographs and the, to see the looks on their faces. I mean, you can't beat that because you don't get that interaction during games. You'll get people right. at the tunnel. You'll get people on the bottom rows and, you know, at the end of every game, I would always throw my gloves to to a kid in the stands or something like that, whatever you could do. Um, and same at practices. We give our gloves or give a towel or something or a hat to the kids. Um, but these are the people who are essentially paying your salary. I mean, if it wasn't for the fans, we wouldn't have a game. We wouldn't make the money we make. So I enjoyed it. I didn't mind it at all. Um, it was nice to see familiar faces of fans that would come regularly and be supportive of you. And no matter uh, win or lose, we had a really good group of fans in Cincinnati uh, that would show up for practices and games and such. He's a great Kyle Cook, longtime NFL offensive lineman, taking you inside mini camp. 
He's a former NFLPA rep for his team, so he's talking about the collective bargaining agreement, how it affects running backs, and, of course, insurance and a bunch more. Thanks, Kyle. Look forward to doing this again and, and soon at that. Yeah, for sure, buddy. I, I enjoy this, man. Great talking with you. Thanks, my friend. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider production on the Fans First Sports Network. Whoa.